Do you know what it's like to experience a bait and switch and then realize that it might be because of your race? Well, that's what T. Sahami told us about a couple of weeks ago. And then, have you experienced systemic racism at your place of work? That's what Vernita Adele White talked to us about. Those two episodes are from the last two weeks. If you haven't listened to them, I encourage you to listen to them soon. But for now, let's get into this episode with Reginald Colas. Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone, sometimes I'm dining with friends, and sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Today, we are being served by Mr. Reginald Colas. Hey, Reggie. What's up, Sadie? How you doing? (laughs) I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Before I get into our conversation, I want to let everybody know how formidable you are and that I didn't just have you on the show because you are my first cousin, but because (laughs) I think that you are formidable. Reggie is a veteran with 18 years of service. He has worked in the military throughout the UK, Germany, and Africa as a medic and translator. 16 months ago, he and his family gave everything up, sold some things, and gave most away and moved to Frankfurt, Germany. After the military, Reggie began painting and soon started making a living from his art. He has international collectors and has sold a full collection to a major collector with galleries in New York, Tokyo, and Paris. Reggie just said, let me paint. And he started painting. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) It's the truth. That's exactly how it went down, yeah. That's exactly. I was there. I remember. I was like, okay, Reggie, do that thing. You know, before we get into like the heavy stuff, I want to know, what is your passion right now? Not right now. (laughs) You know what? I'm I'm passionate about myself right now. Like, Good. Okay. I have, I'm, I'm literally, I'm not, I mean, I've, I've taken a little, not pause, but you know, I've slowed down on some paintings. I've mm-hmm. slowed down. I mean, the Corona slowed some of the things down, but, sure. um, but no, I'm really just really me. Like I'm, I'm me. It's hard to say, <laughs> but me, like, you know. I and think, how does I that manifest that, itself? Like, how does, how does just being about you or being passionate about yourself manifest itself right now? I mean, literally, I've probably been living the best two years of my life. And this is, I mean, we've had tragedies and stuff like that going yeah. throughout my family. But it's just one of those where, like, literally, there's days where working in the military or whatever jobs that you used to have, where you always got to sacrifice a little bit. You always mm-hmm. have to work a little bit late and things like mm-hmm. that. And, but this past year, I'm not doing nothing. There's, like, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people lose the sight of how, how the art of doing nothing is so important sometimes. Okay. 
we plan like I plan on doing nothing. Like they be like, "What you doing next week?" I'm like, "I'm not doing anything next week. I'm not doing yep. anything the week after that." You know, I'll be <laughs> at the house. You know, the kids are with me. My wife's with me. Things like that. Mm-hmm. And yep. you know, after twenty something years being busy, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on I want to do this. I want to do this. We I took a year and said I'm not doing anything. This year of doing nothing probably have some of the biggest strides in you know the art career and things like that where Mm -hmm. you know I'm still getting phone calls I'm still getting emails and things like that I'm even telling them yeah I'll I'll talk to you next year or you know I'm not doing Mm -hmm. anything that takes me out of my comfort zone I think just the feeling of that it transcends to your family and it's just been a peaceful it's been a peaceful year you know what I mean (laughs) And I'm passionate about that. You know, I still have things that I do. I still paint and I'm still cooking and things like that. Even those, even those are, are their second, their their back seat to to me. I'm not staying up late. (laughs) You know, if I'm tired, I'm going to sleep because I'm not worried about, I need to get six paintings out, you know, this Mm -hmm. week or this month and stuff like that. You know, focus my health and, you know, you focus on your health and, you know, yoga, meditation, eating right. And now, you know, I'm starting to gear up to get back into the groove of things where mm-hmm. you really can see that, okay, this year of me focusing on myself and doing nothing is really going to allow me to do a lot more than what I yeah. would have been doing if I had just kept going. You know what I mean? Right, right, so, right, right. Yeah. Ooh. Like, so that's my passion. My passion now is making sure that I'm comfortable to get back into the game, you know, but I think a lot of people aren't passionate about I themselves. Mean- I think you're right. I think that we tend to look outside of ourselves for a lot of things and forget that we need to have that passion for ourselves and who we are and what we do with ourselves and that space. Man, that space. Yeah. You you said nothing. That 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 space is is so valuable, but we live in a culture that says, go, 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 go. You gotta be busy. If you're not busy, then you're not anybody. If you're not busy, you you must not be anybody. Nobody's bother, you know. Nobody's bothering with you. It's not true. Yeah. It's not true. Yeah. So that's awesome. So then, what is your superpower? Then, what do you what do you consider your superpower? I mean, it have to be you know. It have to be probably my resiliency. Yeah. And I, I want to say, I mean, that's because I mean, I've started from scratch a couple of times. Or mm-hmm. I've, I've hit and rock bottom a couple of times, but you would never, you would never be able to guess by me saying, oh, "Okay, I'm I'm done with it. I'm stopping. I'm quitting," or mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like I'll take mm-hmm. a vacation with three dollars in the bank just because <laughs> I know I'm gonna bounce back when I get back. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, um, right. And I think I think that's a lot of people really like I've hit rock bottom, but I've hit it. I never stayed there. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot yeah. of people, they'll get to rock bottom and they dwell in it and they live in it and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. I might get there to change my shoes and I'm, you know, kick right, <laughs> kick, you know, just get right back out of it, you know. Right. And I think, I, I think a lot of people, you know, I think that's, that's saving in a lot of situations, you know, the ability mm-hmm. to bounce back where mm-hmm. on Friday I can lose it all, but I'm still planning for Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then somehow on Monday I get what I needed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Where you know I just don't hesitate. You just don't. You know you might pause, but I don't stop. Right, 
Right. Look at you. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I know that to be true, though. I know that yeah. to be true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, well, okay. So now we know a little bit about you. I want us to now transition into, you know, we're going to be talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, of course. Yeah. And I would like for you to share something that's happened to you, like in the military, that people wouldn't normally believe happened to you or can happen, but that it did happen. Kind of give us the story of what happened to you. And I'm talking about something that has to do with diversity, equity, and inclusion within the military, within the branch that you were in. What's something that happens? Because what often happens is something happens to us and we go to a manager or to superior and we say this thing happened and they go, no, you misinterpreted it, or no, I don't mm. think that could really happen. So something like that, where people need to hear. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I joined. I joined in '98, so I was in a good bit ago. I mean, even from early on, where you know, growing up in New York, I, I spent some time in Florida. So the, the the type of racist encounters that you get in New York and the South are a little mm -hmm. bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, going into the military is almost, you really get pushed into a Southern type of lifestyle where the good old boy system is still prevalent. It's still mm. strong over there where mm -hmm. like, okay, you, you go to a new base. It, it's almost considered like a green book of the military. Like mm -hmm. you call ahead, you call it, once you find out who your supervisors are and who the chain of command is, sometimes you heard names. You'd be like, you heard names, you hear stories and things like that. I mean, I, and I'm saying firsthand, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen blonde hair and blue eyes cry their way out of drug charges. Mm. And mm -hmm. I've seen, and I've seen black people. I mean, I know right now in the military, they're coming, they're coming across and they're saying, you know, they're doing studies of where they're seeing that people of color were charged more, you know, their punishments, were, they had a lot worse punishments going on in the military right. than what, what non-colors did. That whole, you know, the whole, your whole career when you're saying that, you know, you might make a complaint or you might say something to somebody and they're really going to hit you with that. Uh, I don't think that's right. happening. Yeah. I've gotten, right. I, I got written up. I got paperwork. I got like an <laughs> official write-up from um, this older white officer for giving him a threatening look. Mm -mm. And they, they said, you know, so I'm in there and I'm puzzled and they're reading it. They're reading me the charges and stuff like that. And they're literally saying that I looked at him in a menacing way and he felt threatened. And oh I my got God. Paperwork for that. What? And, you know, and paperwork is like, paperwork's not a small thing. Getting paperwork in the military, it, it, it makes a difference on your entire record. Like I got right. written up for that. And it's little things like that where you see, you know, you, I mean, you see black, yeah, everybody has black friends and white friends in the military and things like that. And right. the the punishment scale is just completely different. You right. know, I've seen black guys sent to jail for violating like HIPAA, where not even like a deep violation where, hey, I'm showing you this stuff, right. but just had somebody around it where if they wanted to, they could have went and seen some HIPAA violation type of information. Right. Where they've sent, they sent this black man to jail for 45 days. And I've seen <gasps> some, I've seen some white officers get caught selling drugs from pharmacy, getting caught on cocaine and stuff like that. And they just get put to another department or they get sent to another PCS to another base. And that's not a, that's not a rare occurrence. Like it's really, it's really still that wow. deep in the military. Yeah. 
I mean, for me, I know maybe like, I mean, I've, I've had a lot. I've had a lot. I've had some where I had a supervisor from England mm-hmm. and we had issues and he came to Germany maybe like two, three years after I was there already. And, you know, I had a, a good amount of friends. So, you know, the people that he took under his wing, we mm-hmm. were very close, but at work, we'll just be coworkers. And then after work, you know, we're best mm-hmm. friends type of deal. So people wouldn't really know if we were best friends. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this guy's here for a couple of weeks and I was running the department and under my department were everybody I was cool with. All right. of us were all of us were black males. We were all I was probably like twenty seven. We were you know mm-hmm. between between twenty and thirty. You know black guys or whatever like that. Right, right. And um, I'm running the section and we're doing well. We're getting good numbers, and we're so good at it that we're cocky. So you know we're not stressed out. We're smiling. We're laughing and things like that. And mm-hmm. this guy PCS is in, and during his brief to like you know his his little crew of, okay, these are the changes we need to do to make this clinic better, or mm-hmm. these are some of the changes I want to do. Mm-hmm. They literally, they had a plan. They had, like, on paper where they said, we need to show these guys who's really in charge. And they were oh talking my. about, they were talking about my section. <sighs> and, I mean, I can, literally, I can tell you, I mean, we had a, a, a discharge, we had some write-ups, we had some Article 15s, and this is from stuff that's, like, off the wall like wait you got written up for coming in five minutes late and they're talking about AWOL charges and stuff like that what and I mean and it's still a good old boy system so you can't complain to his boss about him because they've been cool for 15 20 years too right and it's it's really been like that I was in when Obama was president and Mm -hmm. they had some officers that would call him that guy they would never call him President Obama Mm-hmm. They would complain and they would be like, you know, well, ever since that guy came into the White House and things right. like that. And right. all those Facebook microaggressions is things that we dealt with daily at work. The, the laws, the rules over there, you know, if we were to smack somebody at work in the military, you'll end up in jail. So the things you could slide on the outside right. and say, you, right. you could say you, the things that you couldn't slide on the right. outside, you can slide with it on the inside. Because we have a whole different set of laws, you know. Right. It's um, yeah. Wow. You know, I I, hey. I, I you you pick a year. I could tell you. I can tell you <laughs> <laughs> something a story. that happened. So I can a few tell you a story. You know. Oh my goodness! So wow, it's really interesting to me. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to where you said you got written up because you looked at the officer a certain way and he felt a certain way because you looked at him yeah and that is so subjective and that is something that happens all the time it's like so we're talking about police brutality we're talking about police who are shooting black men and say Mm -hmm. i felt that my life was in danger yeah and when we say that the color of our skin has been weaponized that's what we mean yeah. Because had your skin been white and you gave him that same look, he would never have thought to say, Oh yeah. Um, yeah, he looked at me a funny way and I felt threatened. Oh, and yeah. he's an officer in the military, he's, which yeah. which blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what it is? I mean, it's not even in the military. I think it's in a lot of scenarios. 
but I think mm -hmm. being black or having any kind of color in your skin is automatically you put mm -hmm. you into the worst case scenario. You yeah. Know? Like I've, we've seen, you know, and I'm talking about this is when I had a little bit of rank, where I had some rank where people would say things around me thinking, hey, we're all up here, so it's not going to leak, you know? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. let's say we had a white troop call in and say, hey, I can't make it. Or if, if a white troop just doesn't show up, mm -hmm. they're like, let's make sure they're okay. Somebody go check on them and stuff like that. Uh -huh. let, a, let a black troop not show up. They're sending the cops to his room. And, yep. I've, and I'm talking about I've seen it. And I've seen it. I've yeah. experienced it. Mm -hmm. We had, uh, I had a boss where I called him and I was like, hey, I'm stuck. It was a blizzard, not even a blizzard, but it was probably snow a couple of days prior. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had a little rear-wheel drive car that I couldn't get anywhere. And I'm stuck. I'm in a ditch and I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. And so I call and I'm saying, hey, I'm stuck. Can somebody come get me? Or if not, I'll be late or whatever like that. You know, right. 30 minutes later, he shows up at my, my house unannounced. But like, hey, I'm coming to, coming to get you type of deal. So we get uh -huh. to work and I'm working like normal. Come find out, he was saying, oh, he was probably, he was probably had a party at his house last night and he's probably just doesn't want to come in type of deal. And he was coming in to like catch to me, see. not to right. check on me. I mean, I've seen, and this is from a person, this is from a white guy who was one of the top guys in, at my job. And mm -hmm. that's how he treated everybody. Black people was worst case scenario white right. people were let's make sure we check up on them and things like that i mean wow. there's i mean i've seen clear-cut cases where i've seen you know i've worked i've worked where this white girl got caught on drugs and not mm -hmm. just like weed i'm talking about like rock and roll mm -hmm. drugs cocaine meth all that stuff you know she catches herself crying to the supervisors and stuff and they're like well she had a hard time <laughs> She, and, and she, you know, she gets a pat on the wrist and she's, I don't, she probably could still be in till this day. Right. And I've seen, I've seen other people get, I've seen black people get caught with no drugs in their system, but the people that they were with get caught drugs within the system and they get caught in almost like some type of RICO case where it's like, well, you were with them. So we're giving you something. Like I've seen that happen. And wow. it's. It's not it's not far fetched occurrence where you know that kind of stuff happens. You have two sets. It's still I still consider it a, a segregated type of society, but not per se mm -hmm. the whole military. But like when you get to a new place, the mm -hmm. black people are, are hanging out with the black people because mm -hmm. you need some type of ranking coverage. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you have a high ranking racist or a high ranking mm -hmm. person who doesn't like black people at all, you're pretty mm -hmm. much at their mercy. So what mm -hmm. happens is you automatically you gravitate to the to the black people that can mm -hmm. get your back. You know, I've had to go to fight for people mm -hmm. who don't work with me just mm -hmm. because I was known as, okay, he'll come to bat for you and he'll take a hit. But right. a lot of doors in the military is pretty much, you know, shut up in color. Sit down and don't say nothing. Don't ruffle any feathers or we'll get you too. I mean, it's still like that. I mean, till this day, it's like that. I can call right. anybody who used to work for me and they can tell me how bad it's been, you know? Right. Right. It, it sounds so much to me like the police department. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really sounds a lot to me like the police departments where there's rank and file. You may be a black police officer, but you need to just know your place is yeah. what it is. Know your yeah. place 
make sure that you, you know, because if, because if you do anything or say anything or what have you think you're going to come up in here and think that you can do something, mm -hmm. we're coming for you too, yep. right? I That's mean, crazy. The military was segregated before also. Yeah. So how I believe it, with any system that was segregated, you're always mm -hmm. going to have some kind of influence from the people before that, you. Yep. You know what I mean? So you're always going to yes. have, you know, we call it old school, you know, we call it old school, old school counseling, where you mm -hmm. have some people who will write you up on paper and you have mm -hmm. some people that will just curse you out and they'll mm -hmm. keep the day going. The people that cursed you out, they came from the seventies where mm -hmm. you had a supervisor who probably used to curse you out and not write you up. And that's mm -hmm. what you do with your other troops. But then, mm -hmm. you know, back in the day, you had supervisors who probably called us jigaboos and niggas still in mm -hmm. uniform. And, right. they, you know, you gravitate who you like. So if you're coming mm -hmm. from a racist background back home, yeah, you you're join the military, gravitate. you guys yep. are going to notice each other. And mm -hmm. you, you keep that tradition going. Now, it might yeah. be behind closed doors and stuff like that, but it's going on. And mm -hmm. we understand it. The black people mm -hmm. understand it. The Spanish people yep. understand it. What you see going on in America is what you see going on in the military, except yeah. sometimes it might be on a 10 square mile base and you get right. all of that stuff condensed into one little area. Yeah. So, and you're thinking about the things that you've seen and the things that you've gone through, in your opinion, what are some opportunities you feel that are missed when it comes to the military in terms of being more equitable, being more inclusive and the military is a diverse place. I mean, we get, you get people in there yeah. from everywhere. So what, what's the opportunity that's being missed? Cause it sounds to me like there is some opportunities that are being missed, you know, or I not mean, looked at. From what, I mean, from what I understand, I mean, a lot of things are being looked at. A lot of things are being caught on to. Um, I know right now we have the first female chief master sergeant of the air force. Mm -hmm. and she, I mean, when I say right now, I mean, maybe last month she got appointed and she's right. the first and mm -hmm. like, it's still, it's still iffy to me when, when companies still have a first anything, like anything. a first woman, a first yeah. black person. And it's like, it's 2020, it's 2020 and you're still having mm -hmm. the first whatever, but <laughs> it, it, it does show that they're catching up. It does show that they're picking up. I mean, our chief of staff is black also, and that's a first, we have a four-star mm -hmm. general. And mm -hmm, that's a first. Mm -hmm. So right. I think just with that alone, I mean, our last chief master sergeant um, of the Air Force was a black man also. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're coming in with, now you have a, a, a black man in charge of the Air Force, uh, you had a black man in charge of enlisted now. I don't want to misspeak, but I think she's Asian. She has a little bit of Asian or something to her. But now she's in charge of the enlisted for the Air Force now. You know, just how you go back to when I was talking about, you know, curating a show. Mm -hmm. You have a whole set, set of different eyes that are looking at the entire Air Force. So the issues that, you know, the issues that the black men have, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know. It's just like myself, I compare it to women. Like, I don't understand mm -hmm. the whole sexual harassment thing or mm -hmm. the fear of walking at night and, you know, fear mm -hmm. of being raped. And I literally, I don't have any idea about that because I don't experience it. Right. So to put me in charge of any type of, anti-rape or any anything like that that would be useless you know what i mean right right so what's been happening for all this time in the military is we've been having old white men in charge yep. of 
the military, so he's not seeing our issues. So when I would say, okay, yep. well, this, if I said, well, this is an issue, they'd be like, come on, man, that doesn't happen. That doesn't you know, happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now with, um, I think it starts off with the leadership and the conversations that the military's having now. And, mm-hmm. it, and, and it started with a black guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, we've had it, but we didn't have it like we have it now, where right. it, it was almost like the things that they were saying about racism and things like that a couple of years back was just being said just to pacify you. Like, oh, right. oh so racist here. And they'd be like, oh, okay, well, uh, we're going to change this. Okay, thank you, good night. You right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let me just sh- shut you up. But now we have some black guys who they feel it. And he was like, mm-hmm. no, this is, this is everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. where they, they look at you different, they treat you different until you pull on that, until you put on that uniform and they see your stripes. Right. Then your, your stripes can, it could push a little bit of that mm-hmm. racism to the side. Mm-hmm. But even then, I mean, I've had racist people work for me. Mm-hmm. And you can see, you know, if, I'm, if I had to discipline them or if I had to tell them you're staying late, the look right. on their face is like, how dare you? How dare you? Know? you? Who are you? Yeah. Right, right, and it's, right. And it's still there. And I'm talking about I retired four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I had people that worked with me four years ago who didn't like black people. And... Mm-hmm you gotta you gotta you still have to treat them the same i mean it's not like i wanted to treat them any different right you still almost have to walk on eggshells because they have their people they understand who they can complain to and say sergeant colis is racist against white folks and (laughs) you know it happens happens. you know I've i've been called racist i've been called racist a couple of times it's it's mostly when you know you got some people who are like you know, there's no way I'm listening to a black man. There's no yeah. way you're going to tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's still there. I mean, it's still there like everywhere. It's yeah. just that, you know, we all wear the same uniform. So a lot of people think right. that we're, we're really together. Together. And a lot of times for the, for the sake of the mission, a lot of things are slide. But some mm-hmm. things you just, you still got to be wary about it. You still got to be, mm-hmm. you know, when I look at the details that used to happen, if we needed 10 people to go sweep up in the rain, mm-hmm. you got nine black people and a Spanish girl. Right. But if it's, if you need 10 people to go sign, auto, you know, get autographs signed by the, by the Boston Red Sox and do all that kind of stuff, yeah. you got nine white people and a black man. And, right. and it's not, and it's not things that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's not true. But we notice it. You see what missions yes. you're getting picked up for. You see what extra yes. details you're getting picked up for holiday weekend who has to work over the weekend. It's kind of like, oh, wait, I worked over Christmas. Why am I working over Thanksgiving? And mm-hmm. then, you know, and it happens. Yeah. And it, it, it goes off of the leadership, you know what I mean? And it, if you don't have an open-minded leader, then mm-hmm. it, can, it trickles all the way down. And I've had some yeah. great leaders. I've had some hard ones. I've had some ridiculously racist ones. Mm-hmm. And you just have to deal with it. I mean, I think that's the reason why a lot of military friends are so close is because we really get an experience that's, it's not anywhere else. We have a, a, right. a, a unique experience of the military where, you know, on the inside, the like people you, used to always you. ask how you vote. I was like, man, yeah. I'm black. Black on the inside, you know, Republicans take care of the military, but on the outside, they don't like you. Mm-hmm. Politically wise type of deal. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you're put in a situation where what, who do you vote for? And that's the right. kind of mindset. You know, I still vote a Democrat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but right, that, right. that's the kind of mindset where you're in, you're, 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 
you're in a deeper level of the system of that whole yeah. systematic racist system. The whole yeah. you're in a different level of that whole systematic racism. Yeah. Where yeah. it almost is like being a black cop, where you see the difference going on. Yeah. Or you, you know? can see it happening and but you can't say anything so i think that you know you said that you guys are close because you've gone through this experience it's almost as if you go through your own battle your own war yeah. and so oh, yeah. you come out closer because you've had to have each other's backs even oh, yeah. if you didn't even go to war but in yeah. the military in that space which is very self-contained you were essentially watching each other's back making sure yeah. you know, that's a war that's a war yeah i mean that's really something yeah. i'm i you know and it's good to have this conversation with you because i feel that like you said people see everybody's in uniform they think everybody is together and everybody's treated the same because it's the military but we know also that the military is made up of people who have been civilians who have grown up yeah. <laughs> yeah and so of course it's going to be in there how it manifests that's what's more shocking yeah. and that it's like are you kidding it's like but yeah i mean just it's just been recently within the last two months mm -hmm. that confederate flags are banned from bases like it just passed right two months ago so i literally you could have had a boss who had a confederate flag on the back of his truck and there's nothing that you could have said you right. could have they could have confederate stuff in their office and there's nothing yeah. that you could have said and now some people i mean that's not everywhere you know you do have some great experiences and stuff like that sure sure yeah i mean same thing in in, a, in, in the civilian world everything's not racist everything right you don't exactly. have bad experiences everywhere but you do right. get some experiences on the inside and and the bad thing is that your career path really doesn't have really? a lot of leeway to let you get one issue it's really it really can fight you for the next five six years so right. a lot of that stuff can be very damaging you walk on eggshells a lot of like some people you understand you walk on eggshells around them some systems mm -hmm. you understand it i'm telling you you asked me a year i could tell you a story it's just <laughs> like that wow so i guess so let's fast forward a little bit and we're sitting here maybe a year or two years from now and we're celebrating in terms of something that's happened in the military. What has happened in your opinion? Like if we're celebrating, we're saying, yes, so good. What do you think has happened? You know what, I, for what's going on right now, I actually see them doing a lot of change. Mm -hmm. And this is from people that I'm, I'm speaking to that are still active mm -hmm. like I'm, I, I barely check I haven't been to base since I retired about five times mm -hmm. so I'm really separated mm -hmm. but seeing some of the things that they have been doing and seeing some of the new leadership roles that they're getting into the military I really mm -hmm. just think we need to just start seeing more leaders of, mm -hmm. of color more of color. women and things mm -hmm. like that I mean military wise it's not too much I mean we've had this this uh this last chief uh who just retired he came in when I, he, he took his job when I retired mm -hmm. and that would have been a celebration because they said this guy was amazing where everything that was up in the air, anything that was race wise or sexual wise or any kind of taboo issues like that, he actually put him out front. And mm -hmm. I think this is now when they're starting to really put things in motion. And this is from the outside looking in. I probably have friends mm -hmm. who, you know, they're still active and they can, you know, 
correct me if they need to or stuff like that. Right. Because they, I mean, literally the things that they understand on the inside is far more, far more than I would understand looking on the outside. But just me seeing that they have a, a woman chief and mm -hmm. a, a black chief of staff and things like that, it really shows me that somebody's listening. But I don't know what I don't know what I would celebrate about the military. I, I think mm -hmm. they're doing the right things, and yeah, maybe if they were they to, would just to keep going on that, just path. keep going on it, you know, because I know there's a lot of issues going on where I mean, with the whole sexual harassment and sexual right. assault thing, and that's something. I mean, I would love for something great to happen with that, but I just don't know at what level they're on because that's just not one of my things that I, I, I lose sleep about, you know. Right. <laughs> but the military, I mean, the military, the Air Force is saying the right things. That's what I can right. say. Now, right. I hope that they're doing the right things and I hope that they're implementing the right things. But right. I know the verb, the verbiage is put, being put out there and the mm -hmm. issues are being put out there. And people, mm -hmm. if they're not listening now, it's because they don't want to listen. Like, mm -hmm. if you don't understand what Black Lives Matter is now, you don't want to understand. And right. I think that's yep. what's being put out in the military right now, where they're saying, look, these are our issues. You know, you yep. can either choose to ignore it and keep acting like things are this, uh, aren't that way, or you can mm -hmm. listen to me and we can change it. And I think yep. that'll be something to celebrate, you know, just keep letting it chip away, keep letting them chip away where that's not one of the issues you got to think about when you join the military. Right, you know? right. I hear you. I, I, I can concur if they I, what i'm thinking is less hope is not performative because i feel yeah. like a lot of companies right now are being very performative they're like oh well let's do this and let's do this but policy yeah. is staying the same yeah what would be good is if it were genuine and if policy were being changed along with the outside facade that is being put out so that then when you go in you go oh yeah this feels different this this is a little different so this is good right and, so and that's what i see happening i mean and with the leadership when you have that type mm -hmm. of leadership you can't but expect change when you have a right. whole different type of leadership coming in right you can't mm -hmm. but expect it because now these people understand what i've been saying you mm -hmm. know you you, you understand course. what's been being said for years and years and years right. That's been well, because they probably have gone through it as well. Oh, yeah. You know, in order to get to where they are, they had to go through it too. So, yep. yeah. And yeah, so they understand what's going on. And to get to that level, then it's the highest, the two highest levels that you can get in the Air Force is right. by a black man and a Spanish woman or Asian. I'm not sure what she is, but she's by yeah. a woman. By uh, right. uh, the two highest spots in the Air Force is held by a black man and a woman. Right. And with that combination, you can't help but expect some change because right. out of the, the history of the military, those are those have been the two uh, that would uh, never... the two groups that have always been held down, you know. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I'm, I'm, I mean, I expect good things. I, I mean, I'm hearing good things now from the people I still talk to. Yeah. You only can expect great things like that. And I mean, from just the whole experience of, you know, some of the guys that I, I've worked with and knowing their ranks now and their positions mm -hmm. i can't but i expect a lot of change because i mean i have a lot of friends who have a lot of rank where they're in mm -hmm. positions of they're in that that they're in that position that right. their word has a lot of clout so right i'm at the 20 year mark i'm at 22 23 so the guys that that are still in 
they have some clout yeah. and yeah. knowing how they are knowing the type of the military that they come came up in because that was the military i came up in i can see changes happening because i understand where they came from nice yeah so well, i would i want to join i'm not coming back in but <laughs> <laughs> good luck to them <laughs> right right <laughs> well you know it's good for those who are coming behind you know maybe yeah. they won't have to go through as much as you went through in order to stay keep your nose clean keep your head up keep you know yeah. and all that kind of stuff so yeah. hopefully it'll it'll work out right yeah so if you could step into my shoes and ask yourself a question what is the question that i didn't ask you but that you would have liked me to have asked so that you can answer um, so you could go ahead and answer it <laughs> you know what i mean i think we really caught a, a whole bunch of stuff i mean it's really just like you know you really caught me you were just caught me on one of my good you know this is a good <laughs> chapter of life you know what i mean so right. it's just a good point where it's a lot of things are simplified where there's not too much that I have to pull out the bag of saying, yeah. oh, well, well, guess what? I got this going on too. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? But I, I yeah. tell people, I say, I'm, I'm going through my Russell Simmons transformation right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm yeah. doing, you know, I'm doing yoga and I'm juicing and you know what I'm saying? I and agree. It's really just a whole different type of mindset that I'm in where it's really just weird just to be happy. Even when things are messed up, I'd be like, oh, I broke my leg. Well, and you'll shake it off. You'll shake it off because you understand that things are so good. You know, yeah. even when things yeah, are going yeah. bad, things are good for me right now. Right. What was your What was the first question? What <laughs> <laughs> <My> first question? <laughs> <laughs> what am I What am I passionate about? Uh, yes, it took. I you, mean, that, it took you to be passionate. That really, I mean, that really took a change. I really, I think it really takes a change. If you're passionate about yourself, you're not going to let yourself be in a bad situation. You right. want yourself be in, in a relationship with anybody who's slacking or yeah. you're not going to want to work for anybody type of deal like that. And I think all that comes into play. If you're passionate about yourself, you got to be passionate about your health. You know, I'm trying to live yeah. to 90 now, but okay. before that, it was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> High right, blood pressure. right. High, high blood pressure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. But, you know, it seems, it seems just like, I don't know, what am I, 42, 43 or something like that? But it's really <laughs> like things are really coming together. And yeah. it's really just, you know, waiting to see what happens in the next, I want to say, that I always do my, my plans in the next two to three years. Because, okay. you know, now I got to come yeah. back on the scene. I got to come back right. on the scene art-wise. Right, right, yeah. right. It's been a wild year, so things are just the corona thing slowed things down, and I think that was yeah, you know, it's, a, it's it's a, an unfortunate thing, but I, I it's I mean, also an opportunity, right? Yeah, I it was like the best. Was I think it's one of the best things, you know. Yeah, like yeah, a lot of people and a lot of people, you know, I talked to other artist friends, and a lot of people were, you know, oh man, I'm gonna paint so much, I'm gonna paint so much, and I was like, I, I'm not painting at all. <laughs> yeah. like, this right. this, I probably did three paintings this whole entire lockdown. Right. right, um, right. I mean, one because the, it, it was shown how quick you can die. Right. They have people. Right? They have people tweeting on Tuesday. They're dead on Friday. Okay. You know, so I was just like, yeah. you know, 
this next painting is not going to change what happens. Or if I, let's say, I mean, knock on wood, that it's not going to happen. But let's say if I die, my kids want to be like, well, at least he got five paintings out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. And I think that's what, and I think that was a turning point where I was like, you know, let me focus on what I got going on. And whatever comes yeah. off of this path, I'll take it because this is where I'm going. Yeah. And yeah, nice. yeah it's, it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's a different well, you feeling. Just, I'm sure it is. So you just mentioned that, you know, if you if you die, God forbid, tomorrow, your kids are not going to um, say, well, at least he got those five paintings done. What would you like people to say when you pass at 90 or beyond? Yeah, shit, I, hope, I, hope, I hope it's not gone too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't say that. <laughs> no, we're, we're looking down the road at you 90. Know? You said yeah. you said you're trying to live till 90. So I'll, at 90, when you pass, what are you hoping people are going to yeah. say about you? First thing I want, them to know is, I want them to be like, oh, he had a long, illustrious life. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, the best, even when I leave a room, you just want to be somebody who was like, wow, I'm happy he came by. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was yeah. whatever I came in there for. You know, yeah. I just want them to be like, wow, it was good that he came by. But then you got yeah. the basics. You know, I want to be known as a good husband and father and blah, right. blah, right. blah. Who right. doesn't? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I know a good amount of people who died, who've died. And when you talk about them, we talk about them in good. Like I know mm -hmm. some, some of my friends who have died, they were grimy, grimy. Right. And when we talk about it, we're really just talking about, oh man, do you remember that time we had so much fun and all this other stuff? Right. And you, you have to remind me that, oh, didn't you guys have an issue back in the day type right. of deal? And I think right. that's what it, I'd rather be remembered. But I'd rather have to be, if they're talking about me, I want someone to have to remind you of something that I did that was wrong. Right. But that's not going to be the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I think, I think I, I try that even now. You know, mm -hmm. I want to be known as a person who made you smile a little bit, laugh a little bit, enjoy yeah. time. And when it's a memory, I'd rather it be a happy memory of yeah. something, something cool. And that's why I try not to do anything crazy no more. Like everything I do is, you know, even though I'm focused on myself, you're not going to really try to do anything bad for yourself or around yourself. Mm -hmm. That would be a good memory to have. I'll have a couple of people that be happy I'm dead too. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, you know what I mean? Oh, well. You know, and I think that's well. That's thing. right, because you can't you know? please everybody. Yeah, yeah. Some of them you might have to get an oh well. Some of them oh, might be well. happy, but you know, they won't say it around my family because they'll get jumped. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, but um, always being true to what I think is what what I think is right. Is right. Okay. Even if it yeah. wasn't right, I still want them to be like, well, he stuck to his guns. You know what I right. mean? I think a, a man of principle is, is big because you don't see that. You don't see that a lot nowadays. That dollar bill can sway people and, yeah. you know. Moving you this know. way and that way. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, entanglements and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. you know, if I'm just known as all around, no matter how you talk about me, if I know people from the cooking world, I want them to be like, uh, he was always cool. He was always mm -hmm. this and that things like that. And I think, you know, I'm pretty situated with my family on how I'll be, how I'll be remembered and things like that. 
now it's just really, you know, I just don't want them to say I died young. <laughs> I don't want them to be like, right. I just talked to him Tuesday. I'd be like, wait, you know, <laughs> you know, don't put me on a t-shirt. <laughs> right? Oh, for real, for real. Oh my goodness. You know? Well, as a person who uh, loves food and who is really good at preparing it, what my my question that I love to ask all my guests is the final question is what is your favorite dish and why? Yeah. Well, as you know, I'm a chef, so I've been I got a lot yeah. of favorite dishes, but you know, right now I'm on um, a lot of farm to fresh. Uh, was it? Yeah. F- farm to table. Farm I'm on a lot table. of I'm on a lot of farm to table type of fruits and vegetables. I have a little garden out in the back. Yeah. And uh, we get local vegetables and fruits delivered mm-hmm. to our door like every week. So right. now the fresher, the better. But I mean, a, a, a good staple to me is um, a good salad. Yeah. I, think people, I think a good salad is underestimated because you can, so get, you can get so many flavors in there with no grease or oil. And yeah. if you can make a salad taste good, like what's the next meal? You know, I'll do like the, the I'm just gonna, I was going to say the basics. I'm going to drop all these ingredients but <laughs> you know good. like go ahead and drop the ingredients tomatoes you know tomatoes yeah. red onions mozzarella um mm-hmm. you take some fresh basil mm-hmm. and like now i'm growing different i got purple i got i got um lemon basil regular basil yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and if you just put all that stuff in with some salt pepper some 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 minced garlic olive oil maybe a little yeah. bit of sesame oil and you just mix that up with some, like some big leaf lettuce, uh, iceberg, yeah. just but cut big. Yeah. You really taste a lot of different stuff. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's been my thing. That's been my thing lately. Mm-hmm. Just to feel, just to taste that freshness, you know, throw a couple of peaches, uh, a couple of slices of peaches in it. Mm, yeah. It, it, it hits you with a little trick, man. I'm telling you. That, fresh, <laughs> that freshness is good, you know. Um, I love yeah, a good that's, salad. I, I'm into everything yes. fresh now. Everything fresh. I, like the, you know, lasagna and, you know, yeah. you got those staple meals. But I think a good salad can separate somebody. Everybody yeah. can't make a good salad. You can mess up a no. salad. You, you know? can't even mess up a salad. You can, you can mess up a salad, I'm telling you. But now, a good dinner salad, I love those. I love a good yeah. dinner salad. Put nice. some shrimp or some chicken to the side. You straight. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, Reggie, thank you so much for serving us up today. Oh. You have given us a lot of information, and it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Ooh, thanks for thank having you. me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please be sure to subscribe, download, rate, review, and share because it's really no fun if your friends don't know what you're talking about. Next time, we'll be talking to Zay Day and what it's like to be a transgender woman in this world, especially a transgender Black woman. We'll see you then.